This is Creating Copowerment Radio, conversations and inspiration to help you embrace change, connect with others, and fully embody your personal life mission. Here's your host of Creating Copowerment Radio, Transitions Life Coach and author, Lonnie Kwan. Welcome to Creating Copowerment Radio, based in Honolulu, Hawaii. I'm your host, Lonnie Kwan, and we're here today with Ikaika Hussey, publisher of the award-winning Hawaii Independent. Welcome, Akaika. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. Our topic of discussion today is the media as a tool for empowered interconnectedness. And I define empowered interconnectedness as a collaboration and cooperative effort whereby all members of a group are uplifted and benefit from the actions and results. And um, your, your newspaper, your journal online, um, was founded in 2008 as an alternative media source after the merger of Star Bulletin and Honolulu Advertiser into the single corporate entity of Honolulu um, Star Advertiser. And I wondered, in your opinion, why is community-owned and operated media important? I would say that, in general, the problem uh, is, is, is having less voices. And so what happens when two entities merge, or in our case... There was the merger of the advertiser and the bulletin, and then also the merger of um, several of the television stations. And now that uh, one cart, the, the cartel of television stations works with the, the single newspaper. And so there's actually a lot less voices right now. And um, I think in any, in any community, you want to have a, a really robust conversation about the important issues, right? And in order to do that, you have to make sure that all of the voices which should be part of the conversation are actually participating and uh, are able to be to to be heard and so we see our role at the independent as, as basically lift, lifting up some of the voices which aren't otherwise being heard and writing from perspectives which um, oftentimes are ignored or um, or simply just don't get enough air <clears throat> for instance my background comes out of out of um, years of work in the Hawaiian sovereignty movement, and and you know, which is an indigenous uh, human rights struggle, and I found that uh, in my time doing interviews with the media, with the mainstream media, um, oftentimes our perspective was framed as the problem. You know, that the fact that there were um, what some folks would characterize as as quote unquote angry Hawaiians or angry natives, that that was an issue. Whereas from our perspective or from my perspective, um, our worldview was was perfectly normal and the, pro- the, the issues that we were organizing around, those were the problems. So I, I think just f- reframing things, that's kind of our, um, that, that's, that's how we approach news. Thank you. Um, you know, you're an Iolani High School graduate and like myself, alumnus of the University of Hawaii at Manoa. You also have a background in writing, editing, teaching and community organizing, as you mentioned. And that leads me to the question, why is it important to keep a variety of voices? You know, a lot of times people, when they think of Hawaiian voices, they think of, they confuse it with local Voices, and I wondered if you could address, you know, how is it different to be local versus being native Hawaiian, and also how sure. do we balance those identities and goals with the larger global interests that are here in Hawaii? Um, first of all, the the difference between native or indigenous um, communities and 
and more recent um, folks who have come to live in Hawaii. It's it's a difference of, of time, basically. Time and and the different kinds of perspective that comes from from when you come into a community. So as a native Hawaiian, our worldview is that or the, the way that I see um, our relationship to this place is 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 through genealogy in in our culture um, we have a genealogy that goes back to the creation of of the world and the birth of the islands um, and you know we we see ourselves as the the younger sibling of the taro plant haloa and 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 so we have a a familial relationship to the land to all of the the living creatures here um, to the stars in the sky, to the, the creatures in the ocean. And, and that's, you know, to me, that's how uh, we're related to this place. Uh, and, you know, there's, there's people that have come to Hawaii since then who have um, different ways of relating to Hawaii. They, you know, they, they come from a plantation background where their ancestors were brought to Hawaii to, to labor uh, in, in really difficult conditions on the sugar plantations. Uh, and they had to fight for the, their recognition as, you know, as full-fledged members of society. One of the, the really unfortunate things that, that came with incorporation of Hawaii into the United States is that a lot of Asian immigrants, particularly Chinese immigrants, weren't allowed to become citizens of the United States. And so I think we all have our own unique um, histories and and, and what comes with that is unique struggles um, and, and things that we're working through. Um, so that's, the I think, the difference between indigenous and settler communities. Um, in terms of how we all fit in or how we deal with the global and transnational um, interests in Hawaii, that's a difficult one, but it's also not a new one. You know, Hawaii has been part of the global economic system since, since Captain Cook um, came here. And... You know, we, um, so we've, th these are not new problems, um, and capitalism, global, transnational um, interests, they, they change a little bit over time, but fundamentally it's about for whom are the resources of this place? Should Hawaii exist to benefit the people of Hawaii, both native and non, or should Hawaii exist to benefit transnational companies like, like Dole? Um, you know, which is a company that started in Hawaii and has become a major multinational producer of of, um, of fruits and, and agriculture, and as a consequence, has driven down wages all throughout the world. You know, so mm -hmm. I and the the other piece of this, I think, is is the role of the military. So we come into the the orbit of the United States in a similar way to the way that Cuba has. You know, both Cuba and Hawaii are are the our, um, our military bases are the first and second overseas military bases of the United States. And so it's really a story about U.S. expansionism and imperialism. Uh, and, and again, it's the same problem, I think, as we deal with uh, transnational capitalism is for whom are these, um, are these places? For whom should the land serve? You know, right now, so much of our land, about a tenth of the land throughout, the, throughout Hawaii and a quarter of the land of Oahu, is serving the benefit of the United States military and U.S. overseas um, foreign policy interests. Uh, you know, so we're, unfortunately, we're a part of 
of that story of um, of violence and 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 death all throughout the world. It's really uh, it's distressing. And so the the thought that paradise is being used, and I you know I put paradise in scare quotes because I don't see it as paradise. I see this place as home. Um, the idea that that our home is being used to um, to train people for for war is is incredibly tragic. Thank you so much for addressing that really complicated question in such an eloquent way. I really appreciate it. And it leads me to the next question, which is how does the Hawaii Independent decide which stories are newsworthy and how are those stories assigned? So we try to not put ourselves in situations where we're competing with any of the other much, much better funded uh, news organizations. And so we try to look for stories that other folks aren't covering, and to the degree that that, that they are stories which are being covered in other in other media, we try to find a different angle. Uh, so either that's that's either new information that we can add to what I think of as the public conversation, or or you know just new perspectives, you know new ways of looking at things. So for instance, in a series of interviews that we did with the congressional candidates. So in Hawaii, this is the, the CD1 race. The, the, we have two congressional districts. One is urban Oahu, and the other district is the rest of the state. Uh, but our urban district is, is the district that used to be occupied by, or um, you know, I should say, the people who have served in that particular congressional seat. It's people like Prince Kuhio, um, Jonah Kuhio Kalaniano'ole, who was a chief in traditional um, Hawaii, or I, I should say in the kingdom, during the kingdom. And he was a royalist. He, um, he went to jail for um, trying to restore Prince, uh, I'm sorry, to, to restore Queen Lilukalani to the throne after she was overthrown by the U.S. military in 1893. Um, it was, it's a seat that was occupied by Robert Wilcox, who also was actually the organizer of, of a rebellion against the uh, U.S. interests in Hawaii. It's a seat that was occupied by um, Daniel Inouye, who is, in modern times, probably the most important Hawaii political figure in terms of his incredible, incredible amount of power and influence that he was able to wield in Washington, D.C. So this is not a, a minor position in, uh, in local or national politics. Uh, the person that would be elected to that, that congressional seat could become the Speaker of the House and third in line to the U.S. presidency. The United States has first strike capability, and uh, you know, so I think, I think to to see it as just a, a minor local election is um, is really dangerous, and we're underselling uh, the importance of of our votes and and the, the kind of influence that that these people have. You're listening to Creating Copalmet Radio with host Lonnie Kwan. One thing I really appreciate about uh, the Hawaii Independent is the fact that you cover not just local news, but international and national news in the sense that it is interconnected. And I really... Um, that was one of the reasons I was excited to interview you. Another reason is that Hawaii Independent is reincorporated as a co-op 
rather than a C corporation, which is unusual in terms of news organizations. And um, I know that that happened in 2012. I wondered if you could maybe elaborate on some of the challenges and benefits of that type of cooperative model. So let me just talk a little bit about the, uh, about the interconnectedness of national, local, and international issues. I, I think uh, one, of the, one of the downsides, one of the, the big negatives that came with statehood is this idea that Hawaii is provincial and and that we're you know in the middle of the Pacific and we're far away from everything that's actually um, a really uh, that does a disservice I think to to Hawaii's agency uh, you know I, I remember in in college looking at the 19th century Hawaiian language newspapers of which there were 90 different newspapers published in Hawaii Hawaii has had at least in the 19th century the most literate population on the planet and we probably have the largest indigenous language archive in the on, in the world you know we have, an, we have an amazing treasure trove of of intellect that's that's thankfully preserved for our for for present generations in the future in um, in our archives and I, I read about you know the Russian Revolution in in the in the Hawaiian language in those newspapers from the early 20th century and that's amazing you know the, the idea that here in Hawaii we saw ourselves not as you know some small provincial uh, outpost of the United States we saw ourselves as uh, yet another um, nation among um, among many in, on the planet and that's the kind of spirit that I'd like to try to support. In terms of the cooperative model, we've actually stepped back from that a little bit. We, I've decided that I wanted to focus my time not on the organizing of the co-op, but more on the journalism and the funding. And, uh, and unfortunately, it just took too much of my time to, to deal with membership questions and all of that kind of stuff that, that you deal with when you try to build a co-op. Uh, it took away time that I... I I realized should be better spent on thinking about important stories to tell, and doing, you know, the um, the the necessary but not glamorous world of of selling ads, you know, which is what pays for most of most of media. So, so yeah, we've we decided to focus on on the really important stuff. Was that sort of a case of too many cooks in the kitchen? No, it's just uh, not enough cooks. <laughs> ah. oh, so that's fascinating. So it was. Um, it was a situation where the membership, um, ideally, as you start up, you ideally want a really active and vibrant membership, but that didn't happen in this case. No, there's. I mean, there's a lot of folks who want to be active, uh -huh. um, and we have a we have a really wonderful editorial board. We have a lot of readers who participate on, in terms of comment threads and sending us tips. Um, but at the end of the day, it becomes a question of staffing. How do we you know, how do we deal with the volume of input that we get from the community? And and we, I, I needed to focus on, you know, how do we pay for, you know, pay, pay for those, the, the professionals who are then going to deal with all this information. It's exciting, too, because you've been around since 2008, um, the journal, the magazine mm -hmm. online, and you've had a significant impact. I wonder who, do you have demographic information about who reads the Hawaii Independent? And I wonder also what target audience would you like to reach that have not yet been reached? You know, so our demographic is, um, 
is is a great demo. It's it's a group of people who are a little bit younger than than the folks who read um, like the the print newspaper, um, the Star Advertiser. Um, it trends a little bit more female, a little higher income, and higher educated. So it's it's a great demographic. We're very happy about it. We have about thirty two thousand readers every month, and um, yeah, and we, we really love our, our community that we've been able to build. It's amazing, too, in this time, in this era of corporate interests and mergers, it really is significant that um, the Hawaii Independent keeps going and is able, you know, not just to um, gain membership and, and continue the interest in stories that need to be heard and voices that, that should be heard, but it really is remarkable that it's continued this long. Most, um, most independent newspapers, it takes, you know, unless they have significant backing, um, don't do as well. And so it really says a lot about your dedication. And I wondered um, who your mentors and supporters are in terms of really just keeping you going, your personal mentors, in, mm. ke- in terms of keeping you motivated and going. I know you as a, uh, as a friend and as a person, you're the kind of person who doesn't give up even when the chips are down. But we all have those moments when we need added inspiration. And I wondered if you wanted to acknowledge a couple of those people. Well, sure. I mean, there were, there were, there were people who have um, kind of believed in the vision from the beginning and have been incredibly supportive. It's, you know, it's, it's family. Um, absolutely. My, my dad and my mom are incredibly supportive in terms of, um, you know, they're, they're in my ideal readership. <laughs> you know, I think about them when, when we're writing. Um, my wife is incredibly supportive. Um, and for a long time, she was actually like our target demo, you know, uh, it's very embarrassing for her, but but it's the truth. Uh, people like Mike writes. Mike is a is a is a media entrepreneur himself. Uh, we've he was very supportive when we first launched. Um, Daniel Naho, PE, John Wittick. Um, these are people in our community who have uh, invested in 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 our publication. Um, there's also a lot of so that you know, we touch. We're we're able to touch a lot of different communities and kind of help to weave together a lot of communities. So, in the nonprofit sector, there's people like Nancy Alec, um, the Hawaii People's Fund, um, the Board of Hawaii Peace and Justice, people in the sovereignty and demilitarization movements like Terry Kikolani or Kyle Kajihiro, Umi Perkins. I think you probably know, you know, incredible writer and intellect. Um, um, you know, at this point, now that I named so many people, everyone else is going to be upset that I didn't name them. But there's there's some really wonderful folks, uh, Noi Arista, John Osorio. Uh, you know, they're they inspire me just because they're so smart. You know, these are people who um, I think everyone should hear, everyone should listen to, and, and they have incredible analyses. Uh, so. I, I, I'd like to see how we can just be more useful in, in, in terms of um, amplifying those ideas and those voices. Wonderful. You know, you mentioned that there's a real need to represent multiple voices, not just the voices of corporate mainstream media. And I wondered if you might recommend to Creating Co-Powerment Radio listeners any other independent media, local, national, international, and otherwise, that you really enjoy reading? Hmm. I really enjoy 
not just the local, but it's the connection between the local the, and the global. Uh, you know, I, I, I personally love to read things like The Atlantic or Mother Jones, um, Slate. Um, you know, there's always the New York Times and that kind of thing. And then I also, you know, in, in my spare time, I just, I geek out on tech blogs and people like John Gruber's Daring Fireball. Really geeky stuff. Good, good, good to read, though. And what would be the best way for people to reach you online if they have questions or just want to follow up? Oh, uh, let's see. They could, I guess they could email. Uh, news at hawaiiindependent.net would get to me. Uh, or they could tweet me at, at ikaikahasi on Twitter. And that's spelled... Uh, that's I-K-A-I-K-A-H-U-S-S-E-Y. Thank you so much for your time and insight, Ikaika. It's a joy to see you here. And thank you again for sharing that with our listeners. Thanks, Lenny. To learn more about Lonnie Kwan and creating Copowerment, visit www.copowerment.com.